Thank you for, me, for that uh, wonderful reading. And here we've been doing the book of Acts. And uh, thank you, church, for journeying with me through the book of Acts. It's been a long journey. Uh, today we are at the uh, final uh, uh, ch chapter and the final bit of the chapter. And so I'm going to sum up the book of Acts with looking and expounding from, from this particular uh, text. Acts contains 30 years of church history, 30 years that changed the world. And we are still reeling from the impact of what happened in the early history of the church. In a nutshell, when you read that, you find that this chapter ends. It doesn't say whether Paul stood trial, what was the outcome of the trial. It's kind of left on a cliffhanger, which means there is a sequel. You get that picture, you know, it's just left hanging there. What Luke is doing in writing this is he was not writing a biography of Paul. He was actually uh, writing a legal brief for Paul's defense before Nero. And so he's writing leading up to the trial. He's also making sure the real hero is not Paul, the real hero is Jesus Christ. So, in a nutshell, if you want to know what today's message is about, it is about the message of Christ and the mission of Christ never changes, but messengers change. Okay, let me repeat it again. The message of Christ and the mission of Christ never changes, but messengers change. In other words, there will be a shift change. One messenger moves away and another messenger comes, picking up the baton and running the race, proclaiming Christ and his mission. Okay? So the idea is that it finishes on uh, chapter 28, but there is a chapter 29. The chapter 29 is you and me. We have to see ourselves... The baton is being handed to us to carry on with the message of Christ and the mission of Christ. So let's go and have a look at the verses that Pauline uh, read for us. We are starting after three months. Three months the Apostle Paul and his team, who have been previously shipwrecked, they ended up in Malta and uh, they're receiving hospitality uh, from the people, natives of Malta, latterly from one of the uh, key citizens of Malta, and then generally by the islanders of Malta. They, they were all being kind and hospitable to Paul during that entire season of the winter. So he had suffered the storm, he had suffered the shipwreck, he had suffered a snake bite, and he's here in this island for three months doing ministry. And at the end of three months, it was season where ships could sail again safely. And he's making his journey to Rome based on what Jesus told him in the barracks when he was in Jerusalem. When he was in a low ebb, Christ appeared to him and said, Paul, just as you have stood as a witness for me in Jerusalem, you will be a witness for me in Rome. In other words, what God, when God speaks something, he is able to fulfill his words. He is able to take you from A to B. 
and sometimes we mistakenly think when God has spoken the journey should be a cakewalk but that's not the case you see there's a storm there is a shipwreck there's a snake bite and you can see the journey is not straightforward he was left for two years in Caesarean prison you can see it's not straightforward so in case you're going through a crisis don't beat yourself up and come to this foolish understand foolish uh, thinking that God has abandoned you. No, he has not abandoned you. Because he's very clearly, Jesus said to his disciples, I will never leave you nor forsake you even unto the end of this age. Hallelujah. So be assured the Christ who promised his presence is with you irrespective of what you're going through. He is with you in your journey. Okay. So they are going from there, they're taking a, a ship, an Alexandrian ship. He has taken so far three ships on his way to Rome from, uh, from Caesarea. The first ship was a ship of Adramatium, registered vessel, registered and license held in Adramatium. And then the next two ships that he takes off registered in Alexandria, which is in uh, North Africa. The first Alexandrian ship perished in the storm. This is the second Alexandrian ship he's taking and there's a little bit of uh, information about the ship. It had a twin head of the twins, the Gemini twins, um, and their names are, um, let me just get their names, their names are Castor and Pollux, the, the, the sons of Zeus and Leda, guardian deities. Sailors were superstitious people. Next week you will hear more about that. Uh, about superstition and sailors, come, come next week and listen to it. And uh, um, yeah, sailors are superstitious people and they are on this particular vessel, an Alexandrian vessel, and they're making their way from Malta about 80 to 100 miles and they're touching Syracuse, which is in Sicily. Syracuse, if you're Italian, okay? So there you are, they, they land there, and, from, and this is the hometown of the famous uh, mathematician Archimedes, for those of you who are science students here. Okay, that's, that's where he landed. And they stayed there for three days, waiting for the cargo to be unloaded, waiting for favorable wind, and then they circle around Italy, and they come to a place called Regium. Uh, Regium is the southernmost part of the Italy. It's one of the main cities in the southernmost part of Italy during Paul's time. And it's separated by a, a strait of Messina that's about 18 kilometers across. You know, the bootleg of Italy. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's where they land. And uh, they are waiting for the favorable wind and then they're moving again uh, to uh, Puteoli, which is... Um, uh, which is uh, about, 50, uh, about five miles or eight miles uh, west of Naples. So, you know, just in case you're traveling there in Europe, you know, it's just kind of the, the, the drama of God actually is happening in everyday history. That's why I'm stressing this. So the drama of God is happening here in Bristol, in your life, it's happening your trip to St. George or Kingswood or the city center or UE or the University of Bristol or your workplace, the drama of God is unfolding. 
and so you can once you get that idea then you're you're seemingly at times meaningless or difficult life can take on new meaning you will not think like oh god it's monday i need to go to work you will say i'm going as an ambassador to wherever you're going okay so they, uh, they, again you find that Paul, when he gets to Puteoli, he is invited to stay with some brothers for seven days before he heads to Rome. You'd find it's very characteristic of Paul, wherever he goes, he seeks out believers, or believers are seeking out Paul. This is so characteristic. I have a question to you. You know, those of you new here in, in Bristol and you come here, you, why do you come here on Sunday? You come to seek out fellow believers who can encourage you and you can encourage in their journey of walking with Jesus as disciples. So he goes there, he spends uh, seven days there and you find he's done that. If you look in Paul's life, it's very characteristic in his travel. At Troas, he spends seven days. At Miletus, he sends for the elders of the Ephesians. At Tyre, he spends seven days with people. At Ptolemus, he spends one day. In Caesarea, many days. In Jerusalem, he stays in the house of Nassan and meets with believers. At Sidon, he meets with believers. At Puteoli, again, he meets with believers. Wherever you are, seek God's family out. It's so important. It's so vital. God does did not want us to be saved and to be uh, isolated. He saved you and placed you in his family. So find a local family and get stuck in and get to know your brothers and sisters. And don't be like a person who is kind of, you say like, oh, I like to meet like-minded people, people who kind of dress like me and smile like me and like the same taste. No, no, no. God's family is God. People from every tribe, tongue, and nation standing in the book of Revelation of every tribe, tongue, and nation worshipping God, redeemed of the Lord. So you don't get to choose your brothers and sisters. That is God's choice. So make an effort to get to know your brothers and sisters and encourage one another in their journey. doesn't matter how young they are, how old they are, how clever they are, how Maybe they're not as clever as you. It doesn't really matter in the equation of things. They are trophies of grace bought by God with a price. He thinks, and he, he places a tremendous value on individuals. Who are you to look down on a fellow believer? You have no right to do so. So, from there, you find that the believers in Rome hear that Paul is in Puteoli, and Puteoli is about 40 miles from Rome, and they decide to come. They didn't have Ubers and Olas. They walked 40 miles. They walked down 40 miles to meet with Paul. Remember, Paul is a prisoner, he's in chains. And he's got a delegation of people saying, Paul, we walked 40 miles to come and see you. Lovely to meet you, Paul. This is the first time I'm seeing you. Uh, there was no Instagram. There was no Facebook posts or any of those sort of things. And they come to see Paul. And Paul 
is encouraged. This is in API Forum. API Forum simply means the market of APIs. And uh, he met them at the three ends and took courage. Now, he, was, he took courage in terms of, hey, I got God's body loving me, God's body. Imagine how he felt. I travel to uh, see my parents in India once a year, and I'm simply staggered at the hospitality rendered by the local church. They just did a poor love. And I think like, I can't remember your names. They just poor love. They encourage me. I'm humbled when they say to me, they pray for me daily. They say they pray for Cornerstone on a weekly basis. Here, I'm like, wow. What does it do? It builds courage. It fortifies you. To know that the church is thinking of you. So friends, if you've never ever got in the habit of praying for one another, join a home group, find out five people, or if you have a conversation with somebody this week, go home and say a prayer for them. Send them a note. I'm thinking of you today, and I'm praying for you. God bless you and keep you. It encourages people. So here is Paul. He went, these guys went the extra mile, not extra mile, extra miles. My challenge to you, are you willing to go the extra mile to encourage somebody? Even when it's uncomfortable, will you take that step to go and encourage people? Then he is, uh, is uh, not incarcerated in a prison in Rome. He is in house arrest. And uh, he was chained on his wrist, was chained to the wrist of a soldier for 24 hours. Every four hours, the shift changed. So in a in 24-hour period, six different soldiers were chained to Apostle Paul's wrist. I serve in the city as one of the police chaplains for Avon and Somerset. Sometimes you have got where the police officer is uh, has to hold on, uh, linked up with a, a, a person who's been apprehended for reasons best known to them. It's, it restricts the officer as much as the prisoner. It's not a shift you'd like, you know, if, imagine, I'm just going to just be earthy for a moment like a Jew. Imagine if Apostle Paul wanted to take a leak. Well, he has to go with him. Just giving you the practicality. He was chained for four hours at a time. But it was not a shift that they looked forward to. But from God's point of view, that was the best wrist you could be chained to. What a privilege to be chained to somebody who knows Jesus and loves Jesus and wants to talk about Jesus. Wow. I mean, I've not been chained to anybody's race at all, uh, but I had the privilege of uh, spending time with my mentor. Uh, he was a great Bible teacher. And uh, I was probably, uh, I was a student at the university, and uh, I had the privilege, my dad used to give me his car, so I was one of those privileged kids who used to drive around in a car in India, 
and so i used to offer to take my mentor when he's invited to speak somewhere i'd say i'll drive you and i'll i'll be sitting in the car and i'll keep quiet because he's going to speak i don't want to disturb his thought on the way back i've listened to the talk i'm asking him questions all the way back those were special moments those moments i learned something that bible college or theology uh, you know in a theological school i couldn't learn i seen the life of a man who passionately loved god and his word some things are taught some things are caught i fell in love with god's word then and i'm still in love with god's word head over heels nothing excites my heart more than spending time just sitting at his feet looking through scripture over and over again over all these words that are written and your words are life as a deer pants for the water brooks so my soul longs after you his word is like honey on my lips his word is a lamp and a light the entrance of his word gives light and brings understanding to the simple and i need understanding his word is living and sharper than a two-edged sword it cuts asunder even to the bone and the marrow it's a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of our heart the word of the lord endures forever heaven and earth will pass away but the words of my mouth will never pass away I hide my words in your in my heart that I might not sin against you. Spend time with God's word. It's not just a question of oh I've done my quiet time. No God's word is living. Treasure it. Hold it to your hearts. You'd find that Paul even though he's a prisoner, he's not wallowing in self-pity. He uses that opportunity to invite people to his house where he's staying and he's talking to them about Jesus and these soldiers this these officers who are chained to him are listening to him tell about Jesus what does he do he calls for the jewish people initially he calls them from rome and uh, uh i just want to add something here Three years prior to him setting foot in Rome, he wrote the letter to the Romans, and he said, "I long to visit you guys, but I've been prevented. But one day, I would like to come and visit you, that I might be, I might encourage you, and you might encourage me. And now is the opportunity at Appia Forum. The Roman Church has come to meet with him, encourage him, and he is going to go into the city of Rome as he is chained to the prisoner, uh, to the soldier, and he's walking into the city of Rome. He says, 'I am not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God.'" unto salvation to him who believes imagine paul walking into the greatest metropolis of his time he's looking at all these shiny buildings and he's walking through these paved roads of rome and he's saying i am not ashamed of the gospel of god friends the challenge as you walk into the city of bristol or wherever you live and work walk into that place knowing that i am not ashamed of the gospel of god because it's the power of god unto salvation he was convinced by the word of god and he spoke to these jewish leaders 
And he said, I am, I'm here because, did you guys hear about me? About, did you receive any letters about me? They said, no, we haven't heard. He said, I have not spoken against your people. I've not spoken against our religion. But the leaders wanted me arrested. And I, because I'm a Roman citizen, I appealed to Caesar. That's why I'm here. I'm here because of the hope of Israel. What is the hope of Israel? The hope of Israel was God had promised the nation of Israel, I will send a king just like David to sit on the throne. So since the time of David, the people were waiting for this son of David. That is why when Jesus came, blind Bartimaeus said, son of David, have mercy on me. He's saying, the hope of Israel, be merciful to me. I can't see. The hope of Israel is the Christ of God. And he preaches Christ. Friends, today it's so sad to see so many churches pretty much preach a self-help build your confidence, get better, how to influence your world, how to get on top of the pile sort of message. No! We are called to preach Christ. Paul preached Christ even in this context. Jesus is the promised Christ of God. If any of you want to know who that Christ is, let me tell you who that Christ is. Christ Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. He came as the savior of the world. He came to save the Jewish people from their sins. Matthew 1.21 He is the light of the world. He is your substitute. He's the incarnate of God. And he came and he took our humanity in our human likeness. He who knew no sin became sin on account of us and stood the judgment of God and was crucified in our place as our substitute, facing the wrath of God, being cut off from God, having to cry, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, that we might be connected to God. By his stripes, we might be healed. Our relationship might be healed with God. And he gives us the gift of righteousness. He not only died, he was buried. On the third day, he rose again according to the scriptures. He was seen by people. He ascended into heaven poured out the Holy Spirit upon his people and he intercedes for you at the right hand of the Father, preparing a place for you, coming back to receive his own and to judge the world. That is the gospel. This is your Christ. If you don't know him today, receive that Christ. The offer of salvation is yours. Don't say if, but, please, I want to just plead with you. Accept him. Receive him. May your destiny be changed. So he carries on. I like it. He speaks from dawn to dusk. He preaches cover to cover. Law and the prophets. If you go and look at it, that's how the Bible was divided. The Old Testament was divided during Jesus' time. He spoke from heart to heart from Jew to Gentile. Let me run that through. Dawn to dusk, cover to cover. 
heart to heart, Jew to Gentile. Make the most of your opportunity. When God presents you with the opportunity, grab it with both hands. You can say, very often I say this to God, God, I don't know where to start. But if you do spend time with him, out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth will speak. You know, when, when you're full of something, you speak about it. I'm sure many of you will be talking rugby this week because you're so excited about it. Or you might be talking about something else that's exciting you. Friends, treasure God's word. Treasure Christ. And then Christ will come out of you. I had a friend of mine who used to give, use this analogy. He said, uh, he used to do this analogy. He used to take a Coke can and he'll stand and he'll shake the Coke can and, he'll, and then he'll, he'll say, I'm going to now open the can. What's going to happen? And all the kids will say, yeah, Coke is going to come out. He says, are you sure it's not going to be Sprite coming out? It's not Fanta going to come out. No, 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 they say it's going to be Coke. And he asked the kids why Coke will come out. He said, Coke is in, so Coke will come out. What's in your heart? May the word of Christ dwell in you richly, richly oozing. Okay. So, you must ex expect, now Paul is speaking, if Paul is speaking, people will all be converted like that. Some were persuaded, some were not. That will be the case for all of us. When Jesus preached, some accepted him, some did not. Apostle Paul goes to the book of Isaiah and he says, Isaiah spoke of you guys who were rejecting long, long time ago before Christ. Hearing you will hear, seeing you will not see. Your hearts are calloused. Let our hearts not be callousy towards God's word. Don't fight with God's word. God's word is like a mirror. It holds, it shows you your picture. And it, you can correct yourself. If there are things in your life that's not lining up with scripture, look into the word of God. Don't fight with scripture. Just yield to scripture. And say, God, here's my weakness. Change me. Transform me. I am weak in my own strength. I can't. He's, he waits for two more years in Rome. Extra biblical information says he was tried, he was acquitted, he went as far as Spain. And then a couple of years later, he was executed by Nero. Peter was crucified outside of Rome. Paul, being a Roman citizen, was not crucified, he was beheaded. Now my question is, the message of Christ, the mission of Christ, never changes. Paul, the messenger, gave way to others. Others gave way to others. The message continues. One day, you know, this generation will pass away. I'm looking at you. 
church of the Lord Jesus Christ. The baton is yours. That's why I encourage you, go and study the scripture. Go and shine God's light. Who knows what you're going to be in the future? But I know one thing, you are called to be a messenger for Christ. It's your turn. Shall we pray? Father, we want to thank you for all those faithful messengers who passed on the message that was entrusted to them faithfully to the next generation and the next and the next. Now I ask you, will you help me to entrust what has been entrusted to me to this church so that they will find other people to entrust it to? Help us to do so faithfully. Help us to lead with diligence. Lord, I ask, will you add to your church as such as being saved? We want to make you known. We want to make disciples. We cannot without your help. Empower us with your spirit. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Father.